You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Tomas Diaz-Cideño. Tomas, thank you so much for being with me today. Hi, thank you for the invitation. Tomas, um, you're in Mexico City now, and we're talking about your show at Silky Lindner that, uh, you know, is down now, but we're going to talk about it, the show that um, people can still learn about, May, that ran May 12th through June 17th of this year. Um, the title of the show was Humming Songs, which says so much about the show itself. Can you tell me a little bit about the title, Humming Songs, because that seems to be so important that almost sums up the show, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. I, I find always kind of difficult to name things, but especially uh, artworks or, or exhibitions. So I usually take some time uh, digesting the options that I have in mind. But for this show, uh, it's in, the, the title is in relation with the whole idea of, of this body of work, that it's about uh, putting together into this medium that it's a terracotta or wild clay. This uh, imaginary based on local stories in combination with personal stories. Um, so Humming Songs, uh, I think it was a good idea for the title because it's something like related to language but in a, in a not in an obvious way. It's more something that it's also can be very poetic, but also can be, I don't know, it's, it's open to interpretation somehow. So let's talk about those local stories because there's a number of things happening in this exhibition. Um, there's, there's, of course, the, the sculptures, which um, are humming in a sense, can... Can you talk about the relationship of the sculptures to uh, the work on the wall, which is uh, ceramic work, right? Um, that's often that's in the show, and and uh, objects in the middle of the room. Can you tell me a little bit about the relationship between those two? Sure. Um, for me, this combination of ideas or origins of narratives, it's uh, combined through, through this specific way of making terracotta tiles because this specific medium, it's a technique that is almost disappearing in, in, in industrialized countries, it, that it's traditional brick fabrication. This technique is, as in Mexico, in, in places as in Mexico, it's almost the same since it was invented like 5,000 years ago. Uh, so this technique is still alive in countries like Mexico, and the medium itself, for me, it's very, it represents all these situations uh, that combines like labor, body, and landscape in a single medium and material, because the material itself, it's, it's landscape, it's, it's, uh, it's soil. And, and the combination of the wall pieces with the with the sculptures in the in the floor, it's 
Uh, well, actually, the name of the two floor pieces are Humming Song 1 and Humming Song 2. And these both sculptures are a reclaimed aluminum from Mexico City, a, turned into these a, two boxes that inside they have a, three rattlesnakes each that activate with the movement of, of a, the bodies moving, moving through the gallery. So there's a relationship between the movement uh, of the body and the sound. Of course, this reference of the rattlesnakes, it's, uh, for me, I, all, all in my work, I use all these references, direct references to, to very ancient symbols that uh, are present for me every day, everywhere, even nowadays. Uh, maybe in a, in a much uh, subtle, situations than a thousand years ago or because of, uh, of all changes in culture but for me all these these elements are always uh, always present and, and will be for sure so i'm interested also in, in looking at these particles these cultural particles where where these symbols are uh, still remain so it's it's kind of this connection of the the landscape itself as as uh, as a representation of itself, in combination with 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 these na different narratives from from my personal point of view and from the people that lives in the, in this landscape. And let's talk about some of those stories and and the medium too. To, there's one piece called Earthy, almost comforting scent, and this is like others these are ceramic these are actually um are, are, are these kind of tiles is that i mean i know they're not tiles but these are almost like like bricks could you talk a little bit about how these are made and then i, I want to talk about the symbols here but the colors are just gorgeous and the, and the relief texture is beautiful so this is when you talk about an an ancient technique what is the technique here how are these Built actually. Yes, it's 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 brick brick fabrication. Uh, basically, it's mud or soil combined with water, uh, with a rectangular shape, and then it's fired in in wooden firing during 48 hours. Um, it's a very artisanal technique, and it's it's present. Um, Almost all around the world, with the with the same yeah way of doing it. And specific situations happen when when you have this kind of um, resource available, because uh, it's still present in in countries like Mexico. Because even though it's a very hard, it needs a lot of labor involved into this kind of production. It's still worthy for the people that live there, live there to, to produce them. And uh, I'm related to this material or to this technique because my um, I I my mother uh, lives in a very small town in Michoacan, close to one of these uh, towns where this kind of uh, artisanal production is still alive. So basically, I I. I grew up as a child in 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 this environment, 
And this relationship with the material also helped me to understand how our bodies relate to, to landscape in, in different uh, layers, through different layers or, or different kind of, of interpretation. And for me, this material itself has some, com some kind of agency that it represents all these kind of situations uh, by itself alone. And and the color here, how is the color done? Because there's a there's a, a variation to the color that that's quite beautiful. That, that really looks natural, you know, almost almost a kind of organic way of, um, you know, the, the kind of subtleties of it going back and forth. Where does the how does the color come in? The the, the color I, I based this, the color palette for this show based on different. Um, I mean, with, with some kind of, of license, uh, it, trying to to re replicate this kind of subtle uh, colors of, of the sky through the day somehow. Um, they are very basic colors. It's it's uh, red, yellow, and uh, purple. But it, it was also trying to yeah to to have these natural uh, representation of the well, well depiction at, at the at the wall pieces too and then and in the the work that i was mentioning earlier earthy almost comforting scent this has very unusual symbols in it that perhaps you were beginning to talk about before right there are certain recurring uh, uh motifs symbols that perhaps reference some of the stories you're talking about or, or or not. Can you tell me about some of the symbols, especially the central aspect of this seems that it has a, you know, almost a, almost a vessel, what looks like an upside down heart. It looks very specific. It looks like it could be anything from a kind of an insect to, uh, to vessels of some kind. Yeah, it's actually the detail of a dragonfly, of, of the back of a dragonfly. Hmm. And you can see for the four wings and itself, yeah, like using all these uh, intricate uh, patterns from the from the insect, it's it's kind of abstracting that to make it appear like something else. But if you look from uh, from some some distance, you can see the the drawing of the dragonfly. But yeah, it's using these kind of natural elements to to try to say something else that it's something behind that that nature element. And you said you're you see certain certain themes, I think that's what you said before, certain symbols, certain images that that relate to uh stories, right? Uh, local stories. What are those those images or stories and and how do they appear in these works? Mm, the, the the part of the of the local stories is it's more about all these all these pieces they are the starting point is uh, anonymous stories like nothing big nothing important but the idea behind that is to give kind of some kind of voice to this anonymity because for me the the sum of these anonymous uh, Stories. It's what at the end makes the collective discourse of a, of a place or 
or or yeah somehow the some of these voices uh, gathered together make something big so it's an, it's like a silly approach like trying to to incorporate in my work like a little chit chat with people from the town or from memories that I, that I had one by living there or going there to these kind of places and but for me there there's some kind of importance in in this anonymity uh, and it's the, the starting point for for all this it's it's blended and it it mixed with all other interests that that I have but I think it's still there somehow and these stories, I don't know if you can, but I'd, I'd love to know some of these stories. Is it just bits and pieces, or is there um, a story that, that comes back to you? I know these are also symbols that are metaphors for you know, knowledge and maybe other aspects of the stories. But is there a, a particular story, an actual story or a conversation that, that you revisit in these? Um, they, they are more. They are not obvious, they, and sometimes they are combined. There's not a, a, like um, a linear, or how you say, it, like a a narrative. There's not a specific narrative. Not exactly. It's not a specific narrative for each piece. It's more all combined uh, in a in a more chaotic way. But uh, it's usually only the starting point, and then the the graph uh, the graphic part of each piece at the end maybe is is not completely related to the starting point. So these these stories seem to be so important to you, though, though they don't relate in the end. It's just attempting for me to ask a little bit about um, how you heard these when when you grew up. Was it something that? Um, that sparked particular interest in me because these stories are, are sometimes, you know, taken up by the next generation and sometimes they're not, they're, they're ignored, right? This, this, this way of acquiring knowledge. Um, what was there a story or an event that, that made you want to listen closely to these stories or get more involved with them? I mean, there's uh, some some of the stories are more uh, how you say like for example, there's this piece. The name of the piece is fake eyelashes, distant car noises, and it's just this kind this story that someone told me into this in this town in Michigan that someone was robbed very recently because they used this drug, uh, Burundanga, to erase his memory and take everything from him. And then that this person was abandoned in the, in the highway, very far from the town. And maybe he, uh, he survived, but he got sequels from, from the use of this drug. And this drug, is, Burundanga, is obtained from this uh, plant this, this flower that is very common in, in all Latin America. It's a tree that you can see in everywhere here in, in Mexico City or, or in, the, in, a, in any landscape. So 
it's it's not necessarily like ancient stories or something with message. It's something that still defines the, the, a place because this kind of experience happened there. But it's it's something that maybe in two years or five years, no one will remember this person or, or this this event, for example. That's a fascinating story. So. Um, but the, the title, Fake Eyelashes, Distant Car Noises, of course, is, is also very abstract. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's such an unusual story and, and, and sounds, you know, almost um, like, a, like a kind of mythology in itself is kind of taking, you know, someone's uh, memory. But those, the title itself, Fake, fake Eyelashes and Distant Car Noises, um, how does that reference that that story? Because the the people that gave the the person that gave the this drug to this guy was a sex worker, and at the end he was abandoned in a highway without his belongings. So yeah, fake eyelashes like uh, referring to the sex worker, and distant car noises referring to the where he this guy was abandoned in this in this place in the middle of nowhere. And also this kind of situation is not strange for people living here in Mexico, uh, but it's, it's using all these, uh, combining these uh, very, how you say, it, like uh, not important stories, but with also this symbolic element like the snake and the, this flower that is Escopolamina or Floripondio in Mexico. Uh, this this is some some this is one of the stories, but some of the others are more or are more mixed. But still, the, I think the sum of all these makes makes something make 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 something important at the end. Some 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 are sad, some are happy, some are just like. Uh, there's no, there's no. I think there's no need for a bigger message to make this um, kind of the starting point for something else. I agree. I like that, and and I I, I want to talk before we go about the um, the sculptures, of course, the snakes that we talked about before, because what I noticed when when I was there is that the these these sculptures on the floor are also activated by the visitor's movement, right? As I, as I walk around, um, they're activated by, by my movements. Is, is that correct? Yes, exactly. They have some electronic sensors that when someone moves close to the sculpture, the sound starts, starts the, the system starts working, and the rattles inside the sculpture moves. They move a lot. And for me, this reaction is, it's important because, uh, of course, because it's, it's they are activated uh, by the human body, but also this sound is uh, from the rattlesnakes. It's something that we have very deep in a, a very deep knowledge that we have in our body. For a lot of people, it's something very repulsive because, of course, it's uh, our nature is to respond. Uh, uh, with caution to this sound, but and to to other people it's like it's not important. It's like another sound. So 
these kind of situations is important to me, like how this particle of, of ancient knowledge is still there for some of us for not and not for others. Yeah, that's very beautiful and interesting. And that's that's almost on a more visceral level, right? As, as we're moving around the room and we're looking at, at the visual work on the wall, that sound then activates something in us that's uh, it's a bit more primal and, and reaches back to perhaps uh, an unconscious element. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this, this, this particle of, of ancient knowledge uh, in a more... Uh, yeah, it, 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 even... Yeah, what's the word you used before? In a... Uh, in a more kind of um, unconscious, unconscious form, almost. I, I, I think I was saying that it's, that it's something that that reaches deep inside us in a, in a kind of mythological way, but also in, a, in an unconscious form, almost without recognizing our our relationship to that sound. Exactly, but also this kind of uh, uh, um, ancient knowledge can be more related to the body or can be more related to culture. It depends. So it can be both ways. So this kind of looking for these uh, remaining particles, uh, it's what I'm interested in. Tomas, I, I, it was so interesting talking about this in, in your show. Um, listeners can, of course, click through to see more about uh, this show, which is closed now, but you can still see the images that we're talking about and learn more about it or go to the gallery. I want to ask you one more question, um, a little off topic. I'm always curious, what are you reading at the moment? At the moment, I'm reading these two books. Uh, I don't know the translation in English, but this one, the first one is uh, Santiago Berbete, and in Spanish is Jardinosofía, or it's a Gardenosophy. So it's about a philosophy related to gardens, to the origin of gardens. I just started it. It's it's very it's very cool. I'm really interested in these these themes. And the other one is from Rasmus Keuchelian. I don't know the. <laughs> The, the translation for that. And the title is Nature as a Battlefield. It's an a, a political, ecological essay about landscape. Tomas, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for this beautiful show you've shared with the world and us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for the invitation. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.